Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Leadership Lounge. We are powered by TDL and as ever, our aim is to add value to your leadership journey, um, focusing on future focused leaders and we're speaking to amazing people, amazing stories and experts in their field. However, I say however, because there is a big difference with today's episode. When we rebranded and restarted the podcast, we said we would be hosting conversations, discussions and debates with more than one person. Um, so this is our first one. We've only ever done this once, and that was the 100th episode. So um, I've got some amazing guests, um, global guests, and I'll get them to introduce themselves in a second. And um, so if you haven't already, and you're watching us on the YouTube channel, make sure you hit subscribe. It really helps us. We are getting more and more subscribers, which is amazing, and it allows us to reach more people. And if you're listening to us on your podcast provider, make sure you hit that follow. And as ever, I always say, what did you get from each of the episodes? Let us know on our social media platforms. So today we are speaking to Steve and Clint. How are we, gents? Wonderful, mate. Good. That's true, yeah. So I need to control more than one guest. So bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really excited about this because I'm in the UK. Um, Clint, all, he's in Australia. And Steve, Australia. you're over in the US. Um, right. As you introduce yourselves, please tell us like your time zone, what time it is. Obviously, this is on recording. It's going to go out in a couple of weeks. Um, but you've both been on the podcast before. Steve, um, you were on 108. And Clint, you were on number two. Number two, my first ever guest. <laughs> so we'll harbor on that point a little bit. And I'll get you to give us a bit of an introduction of where you are and some of the reflections on your podcast. But Steve, let's go with you first. So, Steve, just introduce yourself and um, tell us where you are, what time zone you're in, and um, off you go. Absolutely. I'm I'm the one furthest in the past. Uh, Clint is like many hours <laughs> in the future right now. Um, so I'm I'm six hours behind Stu on, on central U.S. time. I'm down in Louisiana, and I've been in the U.S. for, gosh, I'm only a couple of years away now from having been in the U.S. as long as I was in the U.K., but I'm still holding on to my accent and my Britishisms too. I made a cup of tea, gents, just before we got started here, so I'm still... <laughs> I'm a bit more tan than your typical British guy, and I've, my accent's a little bit iffy at times, but I'm still British through and through. So, Fantastic. Thank you very much. And then, Clint, off you go. Yeah, I'm, uh, I guess I'm in the future. So what I'm experiencing right now, you will experience further on today. Um, yeah, Clint Ray, so I'm in Sydney, Australia. So it's early in the morning here, uh, very early. So I've had to get up uh, super early. Um this morning so yeah i was on my podcast number two wasn't it wow seems yeah. like that doesn't seem that long ago um it was, it yeah, was nearly so... just it's i think it's nearly three years just for time reference there it's it's definitely two and a half yeah. so yeah a lot has a lot has changed <laughs> yeah look a lot of, yeah a lot has changed started my own business um run leadership development consultancy so we Consulting to businesses on leadership solutions from like leadership programs to coaching um, to team development uh, workshops and things like that. So it's been a journey over the three years. Uh, always think about it as a uh, as a poker player. You know, the, the poker players who are the best are not necessarily winning everything. They they just they're consistent over the long term. So they don't think ahead of themselves um, in terms of their emotions and cash flow. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. So um, as you can see, ladies and gents, that, that um, or here, it, it's amazing to bring together. Obviously, there's two main focuses here. One was to obviously show the global reach that we have that through TDL. Um, but two, I always say the privilege of having these great conversations with great people. And I wanted to bring that to the audience because obviously we've all got like-minded um, jobs, backgrounds, but surrounding yourself with great people that are forward thinking future focused and obviously between us we're doing a lot of work with companies people and bringing that knowledge and thought process to the audience is going to be really hopefully quite useful and and the conversation that i sometimes take for granted i know it, it sounds funny but I, I do take for granted sometimes the the wealth of knowledge that i'm able to pull on and just get that sort of like that time in the room and some of the meetings that we've had over the last three years plus obviously with, with clint ex-military as well so what's going on in your worlds right now 
I, I set a little bit of a challenge, um, but I would like to, I'll come to that challenge second, actually, saying about what some of the challenges that um, people are having, but tell us a little bit of a flavour about the work you're currently doing. What's it look like? Who's it typically with? And how are you currently doing it? So face-to-face, technology-based, um, the the length and breadth of that work, if that makes sense. So Steve, do you want to go, go first? Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, best way to answer this is describe to you exactly what I've done today. Um, you know, my day started with a 7.30 in the morning workshop for a, a company with 15 of their leaders. And it was a 75-minute workshop where we talked about mindset. And uh, it's one of 10, uh, 10 of workshops that I offer through my 10-part workshop series just off the back of a, a book that I wrote last year. And What's cool about it is in that kind of a situation, it's conversational. You know, I, I have my PowerPoint. I have my direction with what I want to do. Um, but I also take a greater ownership and responsibility for what we're, what I'm trying to do with the room, the direction we're trying to go in. And then I went from that workshop to a coaching client in person, and I'm there to serve the client in that kind of a situation. You know, I'm, I am 100% attentive, listening, not driving the conversation really, uh, there to simply facilitate their growth. And the conversation couldn't have been any different. Uh, sorry, couldn't have been more different uh, than what we went through it in the workshop. Uh, and then and then I had a, a couple of virtual calls this afternoon. And those were completely different from those two things as well, talking about some business development opportunities, etc. And you know, that, that is my typical day now, and I wouldn't have any different, you know, that diversity, you're kind of touching on it there, Stu, with this notion of the types of conversations we're, you know, privileged to have at times, no conversation is the same, no people are the same, uh, the diversity, the, 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 what, what I find, what, where I find myself sometimes, um, you know, providing more insight versus asking more questions, you know, it, it's all different, all different scenarios. And, I think that's the beauty of the world that the three of us operate in is the diversity just it never surprises you just when you think you've maybe figured out the breadths and depths of it there's another level to it in some way shape or form so that's that, that I like explaining what I'm up to these days just by telling you what a typical day and it just happens to have been today so I love that I love that and I was part of the business development as well there you go. I? those there conversations you go. I love that <laughs> I said to you I'll see you in a couple of hours for the podcast I love that's that it. um Clint off you go. Yeah, um, I guess being uh, in Australia, it is a little bit more, I'll say a little bit more remote, um, but we're having these conversations today. So a lot of the work, it is now coming back into blended. I think, um, especially with the coaching, we're looking at um, online predominantly, just so people can fit it in their diaries and we're not having to travel because Australia is, it's it's vast and, um, you know, it, you could be traveling for you know two three hours just for one coaching appointment so um moving everything onto virtual has been really good but um you can't beat i tell you you cannot beat the face-to-face -face. so um any workshops i'm i'm the first one to to be looking at that do, doing a face-to-face -face. um but what i've what i've realized is doing that is people if it's like a whole day as an example people are not used for that you know they used to be in at home they used to be in um, or a hybrid and then suddenly you're saying right we're all in this room we've got 60 or 70 of you all in this room we're going to be talking about leadership and they are exhausted when it comes to just after lunch so it's uh, that sort of afternoon push when you're doing the face-to-face -face is it is um it's different than what it was you know pre-covid i think so um yeah my stuff is definitely a lot blended now um st still quite heavily you know, in the virtual space. Um, but um, yeah, I can see, I can see like in the future, it's, I think it, this hybrid model is definitely going to definitely stay in this, you know, no, to, uh, no, no doubt about that. I think. Yeah. I think from the development of like TDL and having conversations with you guys and obviously coming from L and D backgrounds, two of the three founders of TDL, it's kind of adding the value in between the before and after and the in-between spaces and how I think I, I don't know if I think I've, I've shared this on the podcast, but, but when we plugged the, the, the tech side in, I felt like a dinosaur because I was very much like Clint just said, then I was very much in the room on the side of the bank somewhere doing adventure training, 
pulling a, a chair over, conversations, flipboard, PowerPoints. And I think there is, I think that the tech sides can add value to the face-to-face and, and that's really useful. But it's interesting. I've not thought of realized that, that the, the people's endurance to full day workshops mm-hmm. and that is that the engagement piece as well isn't it about how how, how much can you hold somebody's attention well, honestly i you know i had a workshop recently it was a big change project and um i had a whole day and they were spent and <laughs> the most important part uh what i realized was the afternoon part and we're talking about the whole change journey you know all the change models and then we're relating it back to the business and I had to actually cut the workshop short. So instead of going till five, it was till four. And then they were just head spinning. But I think what you're mentioning there, Stu, in terms of how can technology really enhance the learning experience is these in-between times. So it's like, okay, we finished the workshop. Here's my links to book in some coaching sessions. By the way, I'm going to be sending you resources, drip feeding it as we go through, whether it's, you know, two, three months um, and and then allowing them to assimilate that information. Um, and it comes back to all these learning, you know, adult learning principles, you know, giving them a part to play within the learning, having them time to sort of assimilate that and then come up with their own insights, which is, I think that's where the, the coaching really helps. But these are non-negotiables, uh, you know, in my business, these are non-negotiables now. Um, and I've quickly come to realize that. Yeah, John, you know, that's a real, you've just, brought that to my mind that reflect we, we do a lot of work and i'm sure we, we all do a lot of work with with helping clients um realize what's going on in the here and now what best practice looks like and maybe we are moving i suggest with your experience and, and definitely my experience with some of the full day stuff that i've plugged myself into one of my first reactions to something recently that i've had eyes on that i'm going in to complement and add value to was I feel like you're doing too much in one day because you're not fitting in any time for reflection. The value in the room is people talking. And Steve, you you alluded to that as well. I right. actually spoke to somebody that I'm hopefully going to have the podcast very soon, the ex-army, who I went to as a bit of a mentor and really see he was doing things way ahead of what I was doing. And we recently caught up and... I said, do you not feel like half the job is just setting the scene for conversations? Like 50% of what I do sometimes, don't know whether you guys have experienced this, sometimes I walk out and go, I didn't actually do much then. But suppose the skill of being able to not do much and ask the right questions at the right time and allow people the time and space to collaborate, talk, speak, because they're not spending a lot, they're spending less time together now more than ever. So when they are together, it's valuable just to let them have that time. Thoughts? Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, like, it, it comes back to really honoring that whole phrase, a shared space. Like, we talk about it all the time, like, creating a shared space. And sometimes we just assume that by having multiple people in a room, we're sharing the space. It's like, well, no, it, it, it's not. it's not about occupying the space. It's about truly sharing the energy within the room and and for me I'm, I'm just such a big energy person like my my energy radar is talking to me at all times when i'm doing things like workshops i even have a uh you know a, a process where i never let more than two slides go by where i'm not having a, a slide that in some way shape or form introduces a question a conversation piece or prompts energy to be created within the room and we've all been in those the opposites of that, right? We've been in that audience. We've been in that, that, that hour lecture or whatever it is. Look, look back at uni, whatever it is. We've been in those rooms where someone talks and talks and talks and you just can't stay with them. You can't. Like we're, we're human beings. We need to engage and we need to reciprocate the energy in some way, shape or form. So for me, it's like, what is a leader willing to do to honor a shared space, not to just simply create it, but then actually go the next step and, and honor that space as well. Steve, you bring up a great point. You talk about leadership, right? And it's like, what is that leader? You're right. What is that leader doing to create that shared space, to create collaboration, to foster an environment in which everyone's point of view is heard and mattered. And then, then, and then that creates that sort of sense of, a belonging right as part of a team and i think in in the panic 
that COVID has, uh, you know, created and, and now post COVID. It's like you, I talk, you listen. That's the way it is. You know, oh, we're going to go off and do an offsite. And I've been a, uh, an observer for an offsite where I've just sat there and watched. And um, I'm like, stop talking. Stop talking. <laughs> and, and you can see this, right? As, and, and this has been a fly on the wall. You can see it and you're going, look at everyone's energies. They're just sat there doodling, not not paying attention. Um, and it's like, I've, you know, I've actually pulled that guy out to, to the side and say, hey, stop talking and create, like you said there, Steve, moments of of collaboration and shared energy in which people can, can get the most out of the time because the face-to-face time now is so important. And I think people trying to maybe cram, like you said, Stu, it's too much into such a short period of time. Mm, I love that. And again, it's funny because we we're having those, even though we're at different continent, different time zones, it's something I'm going to allude to now, actually saying about what are your, what are the current challenges that you're seeing? And and I said, I literally just before I jumped on, wrote these down and thought, well, now we haven't got any questions. I don't want any agenda as such. I thought it'd be interesting <laughs> to what three challenges you see out there. So I'm, I'm going to go first and explain a little bit about the three things that I've I've found. So the first one is time. So people are really struggling with time. Um, it's something that I coined 12 months after being out of the military. I, I think I've told this story before, but I, I sat down and I thought, what, what have I seen from my military perspective on business and, and life outside the military bubble? And one of the things is busy being busy. Like people are just wearing busy as a, as a label. As, as almost some people wear it as an honor. Like I'm, I've been really busy this week. Uh, it's just like, oh, that, that sounds great. No, it doesn't. It's like, what have you actually been doing for productivity lead to? So so time, I think, has always been on the agenda, but people more than ever, are, and we're doing some stuff with TDL about digital time management, about is your calendar ruling you or are you ruling your calendar, blocking space, being um, the welfare link to space and time away from a screen all those sort of things the time is there um the second one i've put as patience so patience Mm. is a funny way of saying people's patience to go to that oh it's quicker and easier just to do it myself mentality but i've put it under the bracket of patience because i think people being busy being busy their patience levels are really low so when we're bringing through new talent, we're bringing new new starters, like you alluded to, Clint, it's that tell rather than coach. And it comes up on all the programs that I've been delivering on, all the stuff that we've been doing over the last four years, um, that the benefit of having coaching conversations. So I, I deem it under like people, because again, I put, I put patience because then you see a lot of frustration and anger. And, and we do go to anger sometimes. And there's been some real honest and open feedback from leaders that are going yeah i get angry i get cross whether i show it people show it in different ways um people go home and show anger and, and talk to other people about it and then the third thing i've put a skill so skill and i'll explain that one because it's a bit of an odd one to say skill i'm not saying that people aren't skilled however I feel that in the modern world, the skill and knowledge of technology and how we can lead digitally, how we can collaborate and communicate digitally, the skill level is a lot less than I thought. And I'm going to go to the bracket of, with TDL, we've been looking at the future generation. And I've been doing some stuff at colleges, universities. And I thought the next generation of people were going to be picking this sort of stuff like that, like a click of the fingers. What I've realized is the tech knowledge of young, the next generation of leaders is very much based on social media, very much based on gaming, very much based on, um, well, very much not based on collaborating and communicating in the corporate digital space. So shared documents, um, shared collaborative folders, um, meetings, all these things that I've been sort of conversating. I think actually there is going to be a big change management piece and an upskilling into the modern world. We, we kind of think that the, see my kids and our kids actually, all, all fathers, um, are doing things like coding at, at, at school and doing all these great things. But I think it, it's not for me, my experience not had a direct correlation to what's happening in the business world in regards to tech and how it's being used. 
So um, yeah, that's my three. So um, there we go. Who wants to go next? Clint, do you want to go? Unpack that. Um, <laughs> I think, like, I, I agree with you. Like my three, I've got down. It, you know, agree hundred percent. It's time. Um, time, pretty much. And I don't like saying this. Time rules everything when it comes to how you how you operate especially in the work environment you know um so yeah for me i, I go back to this thing of um in, uh, i guess my second part is leading on to that is intentional leadership right what are the three or four things that you can do today or what are the three or four things that if you were to do well uh, would make you excellent at your job um and that comes back to that in leader standard work and i've, and I've ripped that from uh, continuous improvement and lean right to go if you had to focus on those three or four buckets three or four priorities what would your new day look like and then start running your day in that way because you're right busy being busy what are you doing you know are you just are you doing all the quadrant four stuff which is nothing um or the the three stuff or are you actually moving the needle so i think because then that then leads into being you know you talk around energy within your leadership in a virtual space now it's like how are you creating energy and momentum within um, your leadership, within your team, within your business. When we're virtual, how, how are you actually doing that? Are you setting yourself up effectively? Um, and I've been using this with a few of my clients, you know, I'm like, okay, show me your calendar, the, the days that you're working from home, what are you doing? Oh, I get up late. You know, I don't go, I don't go out for a walk. So I'm busy doing emails and busy emailing, emailing. And so what time do you finish? Oh, nine o'clock. I put the beds, to, the kids to sleep down and back on. I'm like, so if you were to take your annual salary and then divide that by the amount of hours that you're working, that'll give you a true reflection of how much you're worth. Um, and it's pretty brutal really. But um, when they then look at that number and go, oh yeah, I'm actually working too long. I'm like, well, what if we can cut a few things out? Because then that's that sort of time management, energy in that leadership. And I think um, we look at AI. Um, I love it because it automates a lot of stuff that I can that I don't like to do. It's that busy stuff. But the kids nowadays, yeah, the next generation, I think you bring up a really good point, is now they're looking to us as, as leaders in the workplace to be experts on, on all of this technology. Um, you know, what are we doing? Are we, are we actually putting time in our diary to upskill when it comes to tech and AI? Because it's not, there's no stopping it. It's coming, it's coming for us. Um, whether it takes our jobs or not, we need to be able to know how to use it effectively for us to be indispensable in the workplace. Because, you know, you look at chat GPT or Amazon have got one and Google have got one, you know, it's how, how can we harness that for us to be indispensable? Uh, because you're not going to take away that human component of it. So, um, yeah, time management, energy within your leadership, and um, and te you know, harnessing technology for the best. Those are the sort of three things that that come to my mind. Cool, excellent, Steve. Yeah, this is this US. is really this is really hard because I've got like 77 thoughts on everything that you guys just said. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so I'm going to put that to one side for now. Um, and for me. First off is accountability systems. So that's the that's the one for me is like just, and it ties in a little bit of, uh, of some areas that you both mentioned. But for the, the one thing I've actually started to work with uh, leaders on is this concept of how can we just focus on the results and be able to say, am I able to take accountability for the result? Because what I think when we do that, then we start to look at the way in which we approach things on our processes in a way that says, okay, we can't be a hundred percent accountable day in day, day out. We just can't. That's not how it works. That's not how a process that's just not human. But if we can create processes where, when we look at the results, we feel comfortable taking total accountability for that result, then at least we're now moving in a direction. We, okay. We can, we can all, we can all aspire to get to a point in a process where we say, hey, let's look at the result. Do we feel as though we're able to take accountability for the result? Yes. And, and the beauty of that too is that we're also taking accountability for where it didn't go well. We're taking accountability for the failure in the result too. So the more we can shift towards being accountable for the result, I think can actually be helpful for leaders because it's going to take some of that day-to-day -day pressure off the you know, feeling that we have to be working every minute of every day or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, 
the second one for me is engagement. And we've touched on it already, but I have to talk about it simply because for, for me within the US, like engagement is, they talk about buy-in is just a nonstop conversation starter. It just always like, where, what's your buy-in right now? What's your buy-in? What's your buy-in? And for me, working working as I do with leaders, and I'm actually going to be uh, speaking about this at an event in June at the uh, Society for Human Resource Management event in Vegas, um, SHRM for short, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going out there as a speaker and I'm going to be talking about engagement, but saying like buy-in is just the door. Buy-in is just the door you walk through. Once you're in there, there's going back to accountability systems. There's this whole accountability system that you need to implement to then take buy-in towards engagement. Like engagement is the result of buy-in that's been maintained for a long time. You know, and, and so again, people look at buying as this result and it's like, well, no, it, it's, it's just that like everyone's bought in when they say, yes, I'm going to take the job. Yeah. I'll take the job. Sounds like a great job. Love the salary. Let's do it. I'm bought in. Okay. But that's just the first step. It's, it's not about consistent buying. It's about consistent engagement. So for me, engagement remains this huge question mark within our industry right now. And then finally, I'm going to go with just embracing change. You know, it, it goes to your um, clinic, it goes towards what you're talking about there with AI, you know, embracing change is it's, I was literally working on this this morning with the client I was doing a coaching session with, and, and he's a dinosaur in so many ways when it comes to tech, a complete dinosaur. And he has people within his company that want to come in and they just want to grab his, his stuff and just do it for him. And I actually sat and watched this this morning and I told him, I said, listen, do you know why they do that? Cause it's really easy for you guys just to keep operating the way you are. That's really, really easy to do. The difficult thing is to actually embed change, actually create some sort of system shift in the way in which you're doing. And that's going to require you when someone goes to do something for you to say, stop, teach me, show me how to do this because I need to learn how to do it myself. That is the whole point of what we're covering within some of his coaching right now. So uh, accountability systems, engagement and embracing change are the three I'm going to go with. I love that. And similar to what I, I, I've been watching Clint as well, and obviously you, Steve, as well. Yeah. Like when when each of us talk, it, it sends you off in loads of thought processes, doesn't it? So I just right. written actually on my side, I just thought we, we should just run open mic nights for leadership conversations. <laughs> I think that's a new that's podcast it. in itself. <laughs> <laughs> so um, just before we jumped on, and, and we were in danger of forgetting to record and just having a conversation, which is the hence why I've had this this podcast um, set up. Um, I went through a um, a situation when I left the military. I was straight into calling myself a coach, and then I quite quickly dropped the fact that I was a coach because I I saw I was put myself in a pot labeled myself a coach and i probably didn't fully understand how the industry saw coaching what the industry's understanding of coaching was um what the client's perspective was what the the company culture thing was about coaching um and then i sort of put it back on again because i was really starting to build a credibility in the industry and credit of who i was working with and some of the things i was doing and then then I've sort of stopped again. So I've had this relationship with the word coach and coaching. I, I, I'll tell you now, I'm more comfortable with saying I'm a facilitator. I'm a facilitator of learning. But I also get the fact that coach, and I've coached people that have been really like, I've been going and say, well, th this person A doesn't understand what the benefit of having somebody like you external come into the business. Can you do a couple of coaching sessions with them? So let me tell you, that was quite interesting, having not had a lot of time in the industry to go in and with somebody that I knew that was like against what we were doing, what I was doing, um, to then have the experience of them loving a coaching session and, and thinking it was great. So I'd love your perspectives on coaching. I know that's, that's a really, really big question. <laughs> we have some time but probably not the amount of time that you're now thinking about. So um, <laughs> over to you guys. Who, who wants to go first? Steve, go for, it. Go go first? for it, Clint. No, go Clint for it, Clint. Clint. I'm scared, Clint I'm scared of um, jumping on my soapbox on this one. <laughs> um, yeah, well, look, so, so I'm in the process of going through ICF accreditation, so I've got my exam. So when this comes out, I'll be at uh, ACC 
accredited coach with the ICF. So having gone through that journey and similar to you, Stu, I left um, the military. I did a um, uh, an ILM level seven in executive coaching leadership mentoring. And I thought, yes, I'm a coach. Yeah, hurrah. Um, got on some guy's website um, and I thought, yes, this is it. I'm going to be coaching executives. Didn't have a clue. Um, what I was doing in terms of like corporate culture or, or anything like that, what I see is coaching and having gone through um, the ICF uh, way of coaching, which is more of a pure coach and what what coaching actually happens in the workplace. And I've seen it and I've experienced it and I've probably delivered it um, to a certain to a certain extent. What I um, what I think is if you're going to call yourself a coach, they're I don't know. There needs to be some training there, right? So you need to have some sort of framework or some sort of training, whether that is you go down the credentialing route, that's entirely up to you. I've done that because I've got a lot of corporate clients and it it gives me a few more avenues to look at. Having said that, for the last 11 years, I've, I've not had that credential. So mm-hmm. um, I've been like you, for, uh, like you, um, Stu, is coaching is a medium for development right so whether that is leadership whether that is self-development whether that is teams whether that is coaching or sports right it's just a medium to provide insight for people so whether you call yourself a coach or a facilitator it's by the by if you are providing genuine value to your clients that's all that matters because those clients then they're receiving value their businesses are improving their relationships are improving and you know call yourself whatever you want at the end of the day. But um, that, that's my, that's my view. Um, with all I like that. that. I like that. Go on before I answer as well. Go on, Steve, over to you. Hand yeah. No, to well, no, I, I, there's a lot. I agree there with, uh, with Clint. And, and, you know, I think for me, I come at this from a unique story of just going from the world of, as we know, the most traditional use of the term coach of sport. And, you know, I, I come from swimming. I did it for 10 years. And when I moved into this space, I, you know, I, I un, unlike the, the you two, I, I refer to myself as an executive coach. Like that is, that is every room that I walk into. Hi, I'm Steve Meller. I'm executive coach. It's the first thing I say whenever I'm introducing what I do. And the reason I do that is because I took some time after some coaching to really get a feel, like learn, learn the lay of the land, like get, get a feel like, okay, what is the difference in these worlds? And how can I actually honor and respect that? And I jumped right in, um, Clint, to the ICF stuff. So I went straight through the ACC stuff. And instead of just getting certified, I was collecting enough hours with coaching where I was on pace to just go get my PCC. So I'm going to be in the next, hopefully by the end of Q3 um, in 2023, be a PCC certified coach. And the going back to my third topic that I brought up before, that embracing change, you know, the first thing I did when I started to go down that ICF route was to say, okay, I am forcing myself to change as a coach. I have to change as a coach. If I'm going to actually create a shared space for potential clients to facilitate this optimal growth that we're, we're all talking about uh, in, in, in different ways here. And so for me, that was something I did and that I found a balance, I guess, of some of my, let's say, more swim coaching approach and my executive coaching style, some of the ICF principles, I've, I've blended it into a way that I know through the way in which I coach now privately uh, with, with my one-on-ones, everything is done to facilitate the growth of the client. I am always sharing that space and ensuring that it is about them. And I've had to really work on when someone looks me in the face and says, well, what do you think? You know, just to work on refraining from just answering that in the moment and actually stopping and saying, why do you feel the need to, to ask me that? Like, what, 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 what am I missing here as your coach for you to have some uncertainty about why you need some more clarification on this topic? Let's keep going. You, you're obviously not done thinking this through if you're looking for some sort of reassurance from me. But the beauty is I did elements of that when I was doing sim coaching, when people would not swim well, you know, they would always come to me and they would want answers. And I would just say, well, talk me through some of your choices outside of the pool the last few weeks. Well, you know, I've been eating this. I've been sleeping like this. I've been going out on the weekends, blah, blah, blah. And how's that been working out for you? You know, and, and just like giving them an element of ownership in the coach, swimmer coach relationship to where it's like, you can make this all about the coach if you want, but you have to see some ownership 
as well. And, and, and I enjoy that challenge to continually change in that space today. Yeah, I love that. It's a massive subject. And, and I, I, Clint, you were saying about qualifications. I, I was three quarters of the way through a qualification and, and I, I didn't finish <clears throat> because it was more important. I was just out of the military. It was more important that I was doing work and getting work. It was like pandemic time. And I've reflected since and, and how I've been privileged enough to set up what we've got is that actually bringing on board people that have got more experience, high quality, better experience, um, experience twice, but the, the credibility and relationship they have. And, and we get people all the time asked, asking to come on the podcast, for example. And there's certain, there's a percentage, but I think we've only had a handful. There's no more than five people that we've had on the podcast from when this goes out, 130 plus episodes <clears throat> where they, we've allowed somebody that has directly asked us. We we have enough people, enough credibility, enough kind of I go out and look at people that I feel credible to come on because they've got a great background, they've got a great knowledge base. It's not, I don't look at, are you qualified, basically. <laughs> I look at, are, have you got the experience? Um, are you really good at what you do? And I suppose that comes in from that, um, the CV thing, doesn't it? The CV conversation, is it? About how can you get through the door? There's a lot of people that get through the door, but can they actually do that people element of it in, in there as well? So um, future focus leaders, let's, let's fast forward to like now and future, okay? So at TDL, our thing is like leading the future. Obviously, we're doing it through technology. We're doing it through experts. We're doing it through amazing people like yourselves. What do you think the future holds for leaders? Come on, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big one. It's a big one. Um, you know, I, I, I something that you touched on before, Clint, is that um, when the leaders want to just stop and say, I can't keep just kicking the can down the road and assuming at some point, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have to have that responsibility, like whether it's tech, whether it's AI, there are components of your role as a leader that just come with the responsibility. Now that comes with the title and, and part of leadership is, is seizing exactly that seizing ownership for what it is you are simply responsible for. You know, I was, I was in swim coaching as the mental health movement became what it is now today. So I was there on the front end as an athlete where I can assure you in my upbringing, no one cared about mental health the way I was spoken to by coaches. Let's put it that way. Um, but when I was coaching the last three or four years of my swim career, swim coaching career, it became paramount for a swim coach to be educated, to be respectable, uh, to be respective of, uh, and, and just to simply have an element of empathy for the mental health movement for that entire space for athletes if you were just going to keep saying like well no you, you don't get to have that you, you you and just push back against that as a swim coach or any coach in any sport for that matter i'm sorry you're just not adapting with the times athletes want you to respect their mental health enough now where you have to have an element of education on it you may even have to speak on it doesn't mean you have to be qualified doesn't mean, but it does mean you have to have a heightened awareness to what you need to do based in certain circumstances where an athlete needs to be sent in a specific direction for their mental health. It's the same with leadership now. Leaders are in a position where in the future, everything is changing. Well, not everything is changing, but a lot is changing. And there's going to be gaps in their leadership that are going to become more and more observable to the people that they're leading. And if you don't do something about it now, you may get to a point where it's too late. So that, that for me is the future of leadership. Here is the crux. Here is the crux of a leadership. I went to the School of Hard Knocks. Now my staff must go to the School of Hard Knocks because that's how I was brought up. The conversation and, you know, and I think sport, sporting teams are so far ahead in terms of mental health um, in the workplace. And, th and that's the crux. And I had the conversations recently in terms of what, this is how I lead my team because this is how I was led. It's like, that's not going to work anymore, my friend. You need to change the way that you're approaching things. 
it's around the whole human concept now you know it's around work-life integration there's more awareness on mental health issues the you know social media man where, where do you start with this stuff but now the future for a leader is i want my leader to be a coach and i want an on-demand coach you know i want to be able to contact them i want them i want to have a relationship in which i can be completely honest and say actually i'm struggling today i'm not having the best possible time so can, can we sit down and have a discussion you don't need to be an expert but i think in the, and the, i see this in the employee engagement surveys right um i want my manager to be more of a coach i wanted to spend more time with my manager or my leader and i think we need to shed the chips the chips on our shoulder when we didn't have ai and technology to help us and stop doing the things that are not serving us and embrace change and embrace technology for us to be more effective as as leaders in the future yeah, i just want to i just wanted to i just wanted to jump on something you said there just about the generation like when you think about our parents and when they entered the workforce the only leadership influence in their life was their boss that was it maybe a parent of their own that was it now today think of the amount of influence that anybody entering the workplace has on them from a leadership standpoint there are books there are courses there are social media people to follow there are tens upon hundreds of people where they can be influenced from a leadership standpoint so if you're a leader that assumes that you're the only leadership voice in that person's life you're crazy you have to understand that there's an element of responsibility when it comes to that yeah and i think some of the conversations i've been having recently are it it's laid on thick about the the go out there and experience and i've just i've just written, written down lifelong learning like that never stops. And I think there is a, I don't know what the stat of the research is when, when majority of people turn that switch off, that it's generational. You come to a certain point where you go, a couple of people recently said about going down the, the ladder as far as, and I've had these great, I had a great conversation in a, in a, in a company we were working with the, the two people that turned up for the session, one was on its on the way up and wanted to take over the world and conquer and become the next manager and then the the other person was on the the road to retirement and, and had got to the senior position and was now in the business because they love the business and and we were having this conversation about well what would you say to the other person and what would that person say to that and how do you manage somebody that's not career focused anymore but you are but there's a big generation there was like a 30-year gap and it was really nice to have that conversation. And the reason I mentioned that is because through technology and through what we were saying about being in the room is, is meet people at the level they're at, like be humble, be, um, what's the word intrigued, be sort of like that person who can offer support, advice, guidance, but that person's got all that experience. They can be really intrigued in that person that's only on the second step of their ladder and they go i'm really interested in your journey and you'll be you'll be amazed at how much you will learn from that as well because the, there's the gap and and you both ex and experience uh, explained it really well then when you said about mental health i was thinking well five plus years ago we weren't even having those conversations and then our parents looking at how everything's moved so quickly. And I know on the podcast previously, we've talked about industrial revolution leadership to what it is now. And it just that complex movement of time. I'm really excited to see where it's going in the future. Anything else to add on that? It, it, it look, uh, and I think what we talk about the future, you know, leaders need to be mindful of that. You know, and I think going back to that lifelong learning there, you never stop. It happens every day. And I've been reading a lot of books around longevity and they're saying, just don't retire, just scale back a little bit because you will live longer. Um, so, you know, and I think when you become like a senior leader, there's a, a subconscious element of power there that you sort of can exert if you don't want to do what you, what you need to do sometimes. So I think it's just having a bit of a, a awareness um, on you as a leader and, and having those checking points, you know, throughout your whole leadership journey. But again, talking about from what I was saying, then linking to what Steve, what you were saying about energy, like uh, it links, you can get energy from the new people in your business. You can get energy from that, that hunger to learn. 
that hunger to, to want those positions to succeed? Because I think how easy is it? And again, it comes down to that self-awareness and a couple of things we've been talking about today about are you aware of the impact you have on other people? And that level of interest, hunger, wanting to have conversations over chip on shoulder, I've, I've been here too long now. And, but they're not saying that, but they're acting that. And they're not mm. saying that, but they're portraying that. I think it's really interesting conversation. And there's when people have those light bulb moments of, oh, actually, yeah, you're right. Through coaching conversations, through workshops, and a couple of times I've had it where just having the, the conversations in the room, and I've had one particular person, gentleman, um, speak to me after and gone, you've really made me think today. And there was somebody that's like been really quiet throughout and they've been really quiet throughout because they've been like, oh, actually, I need to change quite a few things. I need, <laughs> I need to move forward with my thought. And I didn't realize how much impact I was having on. And again, he actually went to, as far to say the impact he was having on the people at home, his family and friends, not just in the business. That's how big it is, isn't it? How many sort of, we're, we're all family men, we're all fathers. What sort of things are showing up in your world outside of business? Like I always look, like to talk about those transferable stories between what we're talking about in business and what's happening at home. Because when you talk about those sort of whether you, your mother's fathers, we have small people in our lives, brothers, sisters, nieces, nephews, that the, the learning of that development, I, I love it. I, I, I reference it all the time. Where does that show up in your thinking? I mean, I've got a, I've got a, uh, two and a half year old boy right now. And, uh, I always have to remind myself, he cannot communicate clearly what he wants. He can't, it's two and a half. He's not supposed to be able to communicate clearly what it is that's either bothering him or upsetting him or whatever it might be. And it's something that I think about in relation to leaders all the time is what, what are the people within your organization not telling you? And is that because they don't know how to tell you or because you're not creating a space for them to tell it to you? You know, and, and, and that's, I think about that in relationship with my youngest, um, with my youngest and my son and just like, how do I create any sense of space where I can actually gain an element of understanding about what it is that's bothering him right now or whatever it is that he's struggling with right now? And even just getting down on his level, you know, you hear that one in parenting all the time, like don't stand above the child, get down on their level and whatever it might be. It's just like, there's, there's always ways to play through it or act through it or just work through it with a child. But it's the same thing in the workplace. You know, just if, if you don't create the shared space or you don't accept maybe that this individual is unable to communicate to me the way that they would like to maybe communicate to me how much ownership do I actually want to take over that, you know, and, and leaders need to take ownership of that. I love that. Find anything. Yeah. The, um, uh, the analogy of rock climbing comes to mind. Like, um, when you are on the pointy end and you're lead climbing, you are focused, you are up there, you're making all these moves, but then when you're the, the seconder and you're sort of looking up going, yeah, wow. Yeah. Good move. Good move. And then you are then having to take the gear out, climbing up after this person. You're like, how did they make, how do they do that? I don't even, how, how, I could never have done that, right? Um, this comes back to this, whether it's parenting or leadership, it's like, um, you know, you need to lead by example, right? So you need to be able to to get out there and, and do it, but also have the humility, I think, to sometimes go, hmm, I need some help here. Like, maybe I need to, um, maybe it's not my time to lead right now. Maybe I need to sit back and, and reflect a little bit. And if I've put that into parenting um to to round that up is you know uh, my daughter is what she's seven so she'll be eight, uh, uh, very shortly and my son is four it's, it's, it's like it's been four forever um and i'm so i've got into the whole coaching thing now so now i'm running uh the um my daughter's soccer team so i'm coach i didn't realize that it's a massive commitment um <laughs> saturday mornings tuesday and thursday trainings and i'm running all this stuff right i'm doing you know so i'm drawing on all these coaching skills but going back to um the, the climbing is and i was doing her athletics as well right and i was sat there 
and some other parent was leading athletics and I was just seconding, coasting along going, oh yeah, I could probably do a better job. And, and then, then my wife caught, uh, called me out. She says, you should be doing this. And I was like, what? She said, you're more than qualified. You're a PTI. You know, you used to teach athletics to, to trainees and used to teach soccer and teach basketball and teach all this stuff. And I said, you're right. So then I thought, I'm going to sleep by example and just jump straight in there. And I've, you know, been doing the athletics coaching now, the soccer, but it comes back to your point, Steve, there is like these kids are seven or eight years old, right? What are my expectations? You're going to run laps. I'm going to talk to you like an adult. No, I need to make it fun, enjoyable. I need to start really uh, basic and explain things and actually just get them to doing because it's all around the experiential learning. So that's how people are going to, uh, are going to learn. Right. But I think in the workplace, is that we're so impatient. We want, it, we want it quick. We want it fast. We expect everyone to be online all the time. If you're not going to do it, I'm going to take it off you. I'll do it myself. Um, so I think sometimes we need to just, um, you know, stop and, and think, well, where, where am I right now? What am, what am I here to do? And I think you mentioned a really good one is, is around that leadership shadow. You know, what is, the, what is the shadow that I cast on my team, on me as an individual, on my friends and my family? Um, and sometimes it takes a coach to to sort of pull you out of that, to, to sort of give you that awareness. Amazing. Right, gentlemen, I'm going to call that, I'm going to call that, that's been an amazing time with both of you. Thank you so much <laughs> for sharing your thoughts. Um, I know our listeners are used to only 20 minutes, but I'm, I know that it's <laughs> so valuable. So thank you so much. I was really excited about doing this and getting this across all the, uh, from the US, the UK to, to Australia, really kind of, Thank you so much for doing that. And Clint, thanks for getting up the early, early time. And um, the other option was Steve was going to get up at half four. So well, I was going to offer, I, I, can we, can we at least tell the story that I did offer that first? Because <laughs> right you now, right that. now I'm being painted as the one got it pretty easy, but you know, but uh, next time, next time, <laughs> next time we do this, I'll, I'll do the honors. I'll get up early. And... Yeah. This might be a costly thing that we do maybe. Oh, 100%. Let's yeah. do that. Oh. <laughs> Right, early um, start early finish right early start early <laughs> finish yeah we'll, we'll just play around with the different you, you'll tell which on see the listeners can tell who's the early starter <laughs> so and thank you so much for your time so ladies and gents um if you enjoyed that make sure you let us know by hitting subscribe on the youtube channel hit and follow on your podcast provider and there's a lot to go on there tell us which bit shines out for you which bit that you're going to implement which bit you're going to tell somebody else about and we'd love to hear that in us in the social media platforms below. Make sure you go and, and check out Clint. Make sure you go and check out Steve. All their details are going to be below. And um, go and check out their podcast, especially Clint's as well. Two nearly three years ago, episode two, a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Clint, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Steve. Pleasure. Steve, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure, mate. And we'll see you all next week. Take care. Bye. Bye.